0: Oh, boys and girls, hello, welcome in. Uh, thank you guys all for being here tonight. As you can see, we've got a new layout. I'm so excited for this. I look a little pastier than normal, which is okay. We've got a good vibe going on over here. No more will I be having to tilt my head every which way to be able to see your chat. Got the chat here. Got you chat beautifully right there. Um, tonight, I'm so excited for tonight's conversation. One of my favorite... Um, Things to talk about is, of course, guns, firearms, explosives, tobacco, uh, not the ATF, of course. But, uh, of course, firearms and guns has been a big thing for me. And uh, so I'm incredibly excited for tonight's conversation where I have the amazing Chris Darnell of the uh, Not A Real Libertarian podcast. He's coming on, and we're going to be having a great discussion around this, and I am so excited for this because, as I said, this is one of my favorites, and I know that this is one of his as well. So without further ado, I do need to go through my intro real quick with you all. If this is your first time or your thousandth time here, I am so grateful for you to be here. My name is, of course, Jason Lyon, and I am the Mr. Merica, the Bearded Truth. Here on Muddy Waters Media, where I'm so incredibly grateful for Matt and Spike for continuing to push a great and amazing platform and allowing me to come on here to uh, voice my opinions as we cover um, politics and social issues one liberty at a time. So I'm incredibly excited for tonight and we are going to just go ahead and jump into it and I'm going to bring that wonderful, beautiful man onto the stage with me, Chris. How's it going tonight? <laughs> a little shocked he's, he's the guest. Yeah,
1: I can't believe anybody was like, this guy, I want to have him on my show.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all make bad decisions once in a while, but why not bring the bootleg <laughs> himself on, you know?
1: Yeah. How's How everything doing that, going anyway? <laughs> well, I uh, took the family out for uh, a little uh, vacay today. Um, went to a theme park. Uh, named after a, an amazing woman from Tennessee who we all might know is a little top heavy um, <laughs> the Dollywood itself so uh I'm a little toasty
0: yeah uh <laughs> we <laughs> uh before we we brought up the stream he was uh he pointed out that he does look a little more um seasoned than than I do and of course my pastiness is gonna shine through in every situation possible. But um but no, it's exciting. I've we've discussed going up there to Dollywoods. Um, you know, being in South Carolina is just a couple hour drive for us, but um we gotta we gotta make that jump. Nashville's been our biggest jump up there. And I think that's Matt Wright's favorite place in the world. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> Florida no. people, right? Yeah, East Tennessee is where you want to be. We've got better guns, uh, ones that the ATF don't know about. Um, better scenery, and we've got Dollarwood. So I mean, what more do you want from life? What more? more do there's you actually need? there's actually more distilleries in survival and Gatlinburg than any other like I think couple counties combined. I mean, you've got like all kinds of legal moonshine distilleries up there. There's like seven or eight.
0: That's amazing. I love. I love. So I've got a bottle of of Backbone Bourbon. You've been you've been sipping on a little little uh, Jim Beam action. Uh it's safe to say that that bourbon is welcomed and completely unsafe and needs to be uh well equipped with firearms to protect themselves from us, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Arm the bourbon and the bourbon will set us free. Yeah.
0: A polite society is a armed bourbon society. but tonight tonight i was so excited um because as i've been covering these segments right we've been diving deep into one specific topic for an hour which is a little unusual for a lot of the typical libertarian podcasts where you hit a couple current events or you hit a, a certain narrative um and and i was sitting down and i was thinking who could i have on that Likes guns, just just a little bit. I I just want just a little bit of excitement around it. I just want a little bit of knowledge around it. And and of course, my first idea was, why the hell don't I have boots? You know, I would love to have somebody who's just going to come on here, have a good time. Who I'll let you explain like how far you're into guns because I've I've heard you dabble in it a little bit. But um, go ahead, let us know like. Let us know your history with with understanding, loving, and your enthusiasm. What keeps us safe? So, I I,
1: I know a little bit about guns. Very little, uh, and I l- like them just a little bit. Uh, I started off actually. Uh, my father and stepmother it was it was an interesting household. She's a more classical liberal. Um, he's a more of a Trumpian Republican. Um, but I grew up in a household with no firearms. Um, which was the irony behind all of my history <laughs> with guns. Um, the day I turned 18, I bought a shotgun. I can't remember what it was. It was a 12 gauge, it was a pump action of some kind. Um went to the army. Uh no, I'm sorry, I also bought a, a 270. It was a Remington 270. Uh, and then went into the Army, came back, uh, with a little bit more knowledge about guns and then uh now uh so it was actually funny at the start of 2020 i was like you know it'd be great um i love guns i kind of know a little bit about guns maybe i should start selling guns and so i did the, the the poor status thing which was i became an ffl which is a federal firearms licensee and um there's a little bit of work in that but uh you know, I get to be around guns all the time. I've got people that come through me for a lot of really unique stuff that you'll never see in gun stores because I offer a level of discretion that gun stores cannot. Yeah. Um, or, or they sometimes choose not to, they, uh, anyways, that's, that's, that's a side point, but yeah, I get to experience a lot of really cool pieces that you don't see on shelves anymore, or you rarely see on shelves because they're so high dollar. Um, I do some gunsmithing. I'm actually a type 07 manufacturer now. Um, I'm kind of the guy a lot of libertarians call about gun advice. Uh, A buddy of ours, Cajun, has called me and asked me some stuff. Uh, There's a guy, uh, Max Henry. Um, Some of y'all might have seen him on Facebook. Um, He's uh, down in Florida. Now he escaped the poor state of New Jersey to make it to Florida. And he's uh, he's, uh, called me... Yeah, he's called me a few times about, like, how to build an AR and all these things, because he's from Europe, and he's like, we don't have guns, so oh, man, you're that's like, a huge my encyclopedia. Job. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, he's like, I could go from Europe, where there's no guns, to Florida, where in three days I can have a gun. And I told him, I said, come to Tennessee, and you'll have it same day. He's like, I might.
0: <laughs> yep, I might. <laughs> I do I, I, I want to take a moment. I normally I wouldn't do this so early in the show, but uh there's a couple of, of comments from the chat that I think that you would enjoy. Um so first of all, best guests ever. Uh I think you would like that. Um Bootleg eats cereal with a firearm. I think you would like that one. And uh he also snorts a line of gunpowder before <laughs> every episode. Uh, so i i had to i shout out to oh yeah the pew pew caucus and let's let's go ahead plug that real quick so you are the founding member you are the founder of the pew pew caucus what exactly would somebody who's within the libertarian party be looking at when they see the pew pew caucus
1: so it's still very early on um and it's i'm trying to grow it along with the other 50,000 things I'm doing in the LP um but my goal for it is it to be a place where um it's less about shit posting and typical libertarian stuff and it's a community where people can get together and talk about firearms in a meaningful way so it's, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of people in, in within the Libertarian Party that are like, hey, I don't know anything about guns, but I know that they're important. They're a basic right that we have that we need to protect. But I don't know anything about them. Or they're like, hey, I, I'm a felon. I can't have anything to do with guns. But they may want to learn more about it so they can talk to people about it. Yeah. This is my goal is it's, a, it's just facilitating a discussion around firearms. People like myself who have good knowledge on firearms and yourself um couldn't talk to people who don't know anything about guns who yeah. have zero hands-on experience and we can say hey this is where you want to start you want to kind of look at getting this kind of training here's a link to a facility kind of in your area that you know has good reviews and is would be a really good way to get your hands-on experience with firearms it's it's less of a so quote-unquote caucus it's more of a an encyclopedia for guns,
0: yeah, a good place where people can go out and get more information and, and be able to band up and and even potentially, I would say you know those people we could talk about some of the laws that are in these areas and create coalitions from and create people to understand how we could work through the process to change some of these gun laws. 'Cause I'm sure that, you know, as this episode unfolds, we're gonna be talking about some of these processes. We're gonna be talking about some of these these barriers, right? And you already kinda of touched on those a little bit, right? When you're a felon, you're you're trusted to come back into society, but you're not trusted to be able to defend yourself. Um or yeah. and and so being able to talk about these things is is incredibly important because um you know as as i look back at the previous episodes that we've had where we talked about criminal justice reform and and giving people a second chance once they come back into society it is important that if you are determined that you're safe enough to be in society that you're also capable of defending yourself in a society that we all agree is not necessarily safe which is why we are advocates of course of firearms um Real quick, just to drop a a, a quick statistic for for some of you guys who like those kinds of things. Um, Right now in the country, there's roughly between 500,000 and 3 million defensive uses of guns each and every year. 500,000 and 3 million. Um, So these are are things that are keeping people safe, right? This is your single mothers. This is in in poor communities and everything else. And so when we have these conversations, this isn't about just saying, you have to go out and get a firearm, right? This is a, hey, let's let's have a rational discussion. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about how we can keep our community safe. And we don't need the necessity of, of big government coming and protecting us, because as we're seeing around the world, right, when I went on Cajun Libertarian show last, uh, last Friday with from bayous to igloos and we changed that up a little bit. We were talking about like New Zealand and Australia how they have just locked down their entire communities. And if you if you're at your wit's end, if you are unable to provide for yourself and no one's out there providing for you, you have to have a means of being able to protect yourself and of being able to provide for yourself and and that's certainly a justifiable way of doing this. Um but um but no, so I there was a, another point that you were talking about in there and that is that there's so many people out here that understand the the importance of this but they haven't taken that first step. And and so what would you say as somebody who admittedly sells firearms um how would you work somebody into a process of of being able to take that first step of, of buying their first firearm? What what would be those first couple ideas or thoughts or steps? So <clears throat> the first
1: thing i always tell people is everything you've seen online, pretty much like, you know, memes or whatever, ignore that. Um, find you something that's comfortable. If it's comfortable to hold nine times out of 10, it's comfortable to shoot. Um, if if it's comfortable to handle and comfortable to shoot, um, it's you're more likely to use it when you need to. Um, and that's not saying you'll draw on first occasion, you know, you'll be like jacked up like, oh man, this guy's like, you know, talking smack at the McDonald's drive-thru. It's, it's this, the vast majority of uh, firearm usage is mental, right? So it's muscle memory when you draw. It's muscle memory when you fire. It's these uh, instincts that are very primordial when you handle a firearm. It's fight or flight. Now, it's going to be more of the flight if it's uncomfortable, it's got too much recoil, it hurts every time you fire it. But if it's comfortable when you shoot it and you like it, you enjoy it, and you snort a line of uh, gunpowder before you come on a podcast, <laughs> you're more likely to use it when you shoot it but it, there's a there's a lot of conditions that go into it. I always tell people you know, find you a gun store, and there's a lot of them that will offer rentals. Go find you a caliber that you're comfortable with. You know people say, "Oh well, you need a forty five for self defense no, no, a nine will it'll poke a hole in quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I've told people if, if a 22 is your speed, uh, a 22 is still put holes in people. Mm-hmm. Um, self-defense is almost always within fi- uh, 10 to 15 yards. So you're not, you're not taking out, you know, Osama bin Laden through a window from half a mile away. You're, 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 you're brandishing a firearm and okay. So I'm going to pivot back for half a second. Yeah. 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 that. 500,000 to 3 million number that you talked about, the reason they can't pinpoint it down is because typically when someone brandishes a firearm, that's considered a defensive use. Yep. They can't pinpoint how many there are because typically when someone breaks into your house, you pull out that 12 gauge and you Yeah!
0: Uh,
1: The first thing the burglar's not going to do is uh, they're not going to go call the cops and say, man, I broke into this house they pulled a gun on me. They're going to hightail it out of there And never talk about it again. There Um, will be
0: a streak, a a brown streak from where you cocked it to wherever (laughs) they get to. But yes. exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I I tell people, don't be embarrassed to ask questions. That's (laughs) why your gun store tries to staff people that are very knowledgeable as best they can. Um, If somebody's harassing you about what you bought, give them my name or tell, tell me who it is. Cause I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it, it's stupid. It's this, you're not a real libertarian crap. That's what that is. It's firearms are a very personal thing. Yes. Um, it's personal preference it, it, in
0: a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's an extension of your body when you handle it. It is you. It is a, con- it's a connection between your soul and that firearm. And this is going to get real spiritual because that's just how I am with guns. But, it it when you get the right amount of training and you've done it enough it is an extension of your hand i handle a firearm and um it is an extension of my person i can pick it up and maneuver it and manipulate it in such a way that i know exactly what it's going to do when i do it Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of what i tell people find something that's comfortable and then second thing which is always very very critical get good training don't don't do the NRA courses. They're kind of, they're hit and miss.
0: It's it's the NRA is I treat them the same way as you would like a government training, where they're going to hit the very basic necessities, but they're not going to actually hit the basics in the way that you need to. And so when you go through those trainings, right? And I've had plenty of friends go through the NRA trainings. You 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 learn the very basics of stuff, but you don't learn you're you're missing out on so much and and so you can't walk away from those trainings walk off and in, in, into your own um into your own lane on on a shooting course and then be able to like really grow and adapt from them it's going to be a lot more self-taught from them, as opposed to finding somebody who is really qualified who really cares about this and who is uh determined to help you in the self-preservation aspect of this of of kind of what you were talking about the comfort level of having these firearms in your hands where it is an extension of your
1: yeah it's uh it's a very complex thing um there's a company uh useful thingy i, I have one here that actually has a mouse pad for a glock 17 um <laughs> they make uh, exploded diagrams of firearms i have one for an ar-15 because i forget what the technical name for things are sometimes because you know i'm an idiot but uh
0: technical words
1: (laughs) yeah but i mean dude uh, if you are looking for any information on firearms man join the pew pew caucus uh or reach out to myself man i will i'll answer dms on facebook or twitter day or night to help people
0: and and you're commonly on uh, if i could plug this uh you're commonly on clubhouse as well which is a good place to to go and crack some jokes with you and ask questions as well you'll find them in the M- muddy waters or in um lp talk radio or plenty of other chat rooms there and uh so you that's what i love about chris is he's always available for you you can reach mm-hmm. out to him at any time and he's always willing to set up a gun raffle to help out a great cause whether that's helping get the muddy waters team to tunica um or whatever i'm sure that there's one in the uh being held up right now based off of some weird bearded guy not making a phone call but i'm sure that there's another one coming down the the alleyway and uh so i'm i've i've always been really uh really appreciative and um so we've covered a little bit of like the the idea of taking your first step into and getting your first firearm and and i i'm gonna to have to give you a strong disagreement here because if you're not getting a 50 cal desert eagle for your home <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't even finish it but um but no i i think that that's incredibly important that that people find guns that they're absolutely comfortable with. i use a nine mil because i know i'm probably going to be shooting through a wall based on just the layout of my house i don't want to shoot a 45 where it's going to have it's it's gonna stop more. So I I've gone with the smaller caliber, um, just knowing that I'm gonna need that bullet penetration, um, and hoping that that's gonna be able to be fruitful for it. So there's there's a lot of stuff that we can have conversations when if you're an absolute newbie to to the gun community and you're just looking to to get something for home defense, looking to have something that you can keep in your car, um, because oftentimes right when we talk about the the idea that you need to defend yourself this isn't just in the best case scenario right the best case scenario is you're wide awake everyone's alerted your house and and somebody is coming to your house and is announcing themselves down the road and and so you have all the ample time to get everything ready and get everything together make your announcement no but like the worst case scenarios right this is when you're all alone by yourself you don't have you're kind of uh tired you're you're in a bad funk you're in a bad mood you're by yourself your cell phone's dead now what are you going to do right you have to have something where you're able to in the worst case scenario easily access your your weapon in case and hopefully this never happens but in case something bad is is coming upon you right somebody is attempting to have uh sexual relations with you against your wishes um, a bigger, bigger guy than than Bootleg, and if you've never seen Bootleg in person, this the, he's a he's a big meaty guy, if you will. Uh, what six four?
1: About six six, about uh, two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah. A big
0: beefy man. So if if Bootleg is in a situation where he needs to use a firearm against a bigger, beefier man, like that's that's a guy that we all definitely need to have that equalizer as well. And that's that's at the end of the day, like that's what a firearm is is it is something that you're able to equalize a threat. Um, There's nothing better, right? We can talk about the ideas of using mace, and mace certainly has a good aspect if it's not reaching a a certain extent where you can mace somebody else and you'll probably get maced yourself a little bit, and that's going to be pretty bad. Um, Using a baton, they're at a range where they can potentially disarm you, but this is something where you can be at that 10 to 15 yard range that you were talking about. And being able to actually neutralize a threat doesn't mean you have to kill them, but it does mean that you have a means of stopping the threat from from aggressing upon you. And I think that that's incredibly important. But I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to move away from from the ideas of of the newer people. Of course, if you're new, please do join that Pew Pew Caucus. Um, Please do reach out to Chris Darnell, bootleg libertarian. Reach out to Not A Real Libertarian podcast where he is streaming every week. Um he's got a couple other good guys over there. Um, even if Will's not really in the military or ever was. But um <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not let me profess that with saying that Will was in the military, he was in the Air Force, it just doesn't count.
1: Just not a real veteran.
0: Just not a real veteran. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that is actually the name of the podcast. So you guys gotta make sure you guys go over there, give some love and share share with that. But um but I want to dive into uh the topic of of kind of what why is it that we have taken the stance that guns are so important because I think that this is the thing that gets missed right when we when we see the the polar opposites out there right you have you have one group out there that's advocating for full gun control um or gun control in some capacity and then you have another group that's kind of like well I kind of want to protect myself my family with whatever means i can achieve and whatever i can get because you know. so we have that that stark difference and and so when we have somebody saying well we need to let's say let's say take away ar15s take away rifles from them, um how do you how do you come about with having a discussion surrounding people who are pushing that
1: so the problem is, is, just like everything else. Um, firearm uh, policy discussions in the United States are heavily emotionally charged. Um, I've had a few rooms in clubhouse talking about firearms. and I've actually changed a few people's minds on it. When you have a, a holistic view on uh, firearms, um, it's not. It, if you open the conversation with it's my right, screw you. The conversation's done. You might as well just go home. Yeah. Now, if you find that discussion, whereas in if I say, "Hey, you know," it's, if it's a female, I can typically assume she's smaller than me. Not always. There's some big do that women guys out there. Too,
0: let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I
1: can assume. I can assume most people are not sick <laughs> um But I, I what I, the way I'll approach it is, I'll say, "Look, firearms are the great equalizer of society." Um, there is only one thing that makes all all of mankind equal, and that's death. Um and so I, I approach it depending on what their political affiliation is, if I know what it is, I say, look, you know, if they're typically a Democrat, I, I approach it from the aspect of hey, <clears throat> minorities have always been disproportionately targeted by gun legislation. Or, you know, if they're one of those people that believe in rape culture on college campuses, I'll say, okay, there's a very simple solution to ending rape culture. And that's ending rapists before they become one. Um, a five foot nothing, you know, female that weighs 100 pounds. She whips out a, a nine mil on some dude, even if he's like seven, seven, and he weighs 500 pounds and he's done but cock diesel muscle looks like something out of Dragon Ball Z. Um <laughs> That that one nine mil round can put him down. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a great equalizer. And if you if you level it on that discussion and you say, look, firearms are not weapons; they're tools. They can be used by good people and bad people. Um, we've seen firearms be used to create you know create you know mass genocide against the Native Americans. We've also seen firearms be used by uh, the likes of. Uh, Harriet Tubman to smuggle slaves out of uh, slave-holding plantations in the south to the north. That's a very uh, little-known fact about, about yeah. her is that when she ran the Underground Railroad, she carried a rifle that she had bought. Well, she had bought from someone who uh, was legally allowed to purchase firearms because slaves at the time, you know, were not technically, uh, according to law people. Yeah. So she bought it with money that she had made on the weekends working for another plantation yada 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 but she carried a firearm without that firearm she wouldn't have been able to protect herself or those in her care it 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 comes down to finding what topic it is in life that they care about the most and relaying relating firearms to that really firearms cover the vast majority of american life um it it i mean we could give us like any scenario um and go on from there and now if it gets into that discussion where it's super emotionally charged i typically try to back off a little bit and i get say um it's someone who was like oh uh you know my kid's brother's son was at Marjorie stoneman douglas high school and they were killed in the shooting and then you back off and say look you know I, I'm sorry that that happened. You know, that's an atrocity. You know, yeah, firearms should never is. be used for that. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's not that's not me pandering. That's like it's an atrocity. Yeah. Like, as gun owners, we watch this and we get sick to our stomach. Um, but I would I would approach it in the sense that, you know, what would have happened if maybe the principal and you know the office staff there were armed? What if they were able to? get to the situation first because you know response time for officers even it, during a mass shooting is 20 minutes 22 minutes yeah that's a lot of dead kids when, when a teacher in that classroom Two
0: one seconds. of the most important quotes i've ever heard surrounding like the response times especially when it's when you have somebody with the intention of being a mass shooter right a mass sh- shooting is just four four people being killed not being the shooter so if somebody has the capacity and the ability because of the tools that they've equipped, whether it legally or illegally obtained, which in most cases we've seen, most murders are happening with guns um, not possessed legally. Um, when when you call the police, when seconds matter, in each life that is being taken, seconds matter, the min- the police are minutes away, and and more often than not. And, and, you know, you touch on the, the stone mountain, um, uh, school and, and yeah, absolutely. It was, it was atrocious. Um, there's, um, there was a study done that spoke about that over 90% of mass shootings happen in gun-free zones right in schools where nobody's allowed to have a gun other than potentially some officers or some military people security forces are allowed to have the firearms and that's it and because they're in uniform they become those targets right when when that that shooting happened um we've seen in in plenty of circumstances where the the uniformed security are the first targets of this and then the people themselves because now they are absolutely defenseless they were made defenseless by the legislation and then made defenseless by these targeted shootings and and my one of the stories that i like to bring up whenever we have these conversations is the idea of stephen woolenford of of sutherland springs church down in texas this was this was merely just a couple months after the stone mountain shooting And this was when you had somebody who was absolutely deranged and, and we can dive into the idea of mental health and, and should you be allowed to have a firearm later, but somebody who was deranged, who was known by the FBI to um, that was a risk of, of killing people goes and shoots up a Southern church and Stephen Willenford who lived, wasn't even attending the church who lived a block away runs out there. I believe he wasn't even wearing shoes sat down loaded up his his ar-15 and took aim and managed to shoot a guy between his plates and in order to uh to not only halt the violence but also be able to to lead to the man being captured um though he did die and and so it's always important that when we when we when we look at these topics right if stephen willenford wasn't there we had to wait for the police to respond there would have been more casualties because it was literally shooting fish in a barrel and that is one of the most catastrophic things that we can be we can bear witness to. And he happened to be an NRA uh, instructor, which a lot of people think that that was like hang your hat on the NRA. They're the great guys. And it's like it, they're not a problem. When it comes to actually practicing, they're a problem when they, they support gun control legislation and, and they, they sit idly by while everyone else is like, no, we have to stop the, the bump stock ban. And they go, nah, it doesn't matter to me. Um, So th- there's, there's a problem there with the NRA, the or- organization. But I would say for, for a vast majority of the membership, um, don't really necessarily have an issue with how they run themselves. I'm still loving Jack Casey still giving uh, <laughs> still giving you different different forms of what you do with your day to day such as <laughs> nope uh, Dragon Ball Z is loosely based on bootlegs life he has to shave his head to stop his hair from glowing gold when he gets angry
1: I <laughs> want people to meme all of these Jack Caseyisms, isms and uh, make me an immortal gun god because apparently this is what he's wanting
0: so Jack Casey is not even an official sponsor of the Mr. of the Bearded Truth show, but um, his commentary is definitely deserving of this. If you guys have not checked out Jack Casey and his trilogy of books, right now it's only uh, two books out, but the third book is coming, correct? Am I correct on this? Okay. Uh, Whenever Jack, you
1: decide to finish writing it.
0: Yeah, so the third book is on its way, and this is a great book to pick up if you like re- reading Jack Casey's stuff. Um... I, I've got to, I've got to lean into uh, the reviews of people who haven't read it, who will talk trash about it, and Jack Casey himself. So I'm sure that it's really well written. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, but nobody's reading it, so uh, I may, <laughs> I may lean into this and read it first. It's real close. It's real close. He says, but um, go ahead and and reach out to Jack Casey. Find him on YouTube. Find him on Facebook. Find him anywhere and everywhere. Ask him for his book. Give the book a read. Check it out. Uh, you will not be disappointed with the man himself. Maybe disappointed with the books, but not the man himself. I can I can guarantee that. But <laughs> but so so gun control is leaving people disarmed, right? And people who have FFLs, who people who have concealed carry permits people who exercise their rights kind of become a middleman defense when law enforcement when we're waiting for those 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 times away and um i i I hope i'm not i'm not reaching on this because i didn't bring this up to you beforehand but do we have any circumstances as of recently wherein a law-abiding citizen neutralized the threat before the police arrived and was actually was neutralized as a result of that.
1: Uh, yes, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was in Colorado. I believe, um, he actually, uh, stopped a potential mass shooting. He, the, the shooter shot a cop. And then I believe if I remember correctly, my memory is atrocious, but he moved inside the store and then proceeded to try and basically execute style. Uh, everyone in the store a gentleman who was in the libertarian party uh, stopped him and then proceeded to pick up the rifle and uh, you know ensure that you know should the guy come back to consciousness if he wasn't fully dead couldn't grab it and continue his rampage Um, and for his troubles he was gunned down by officers there was no questions asked no who are you no hey put that down it was shoot first ask questions later um and it's it's really a tragedy um i can i can think of thousands of stories where a good guy with the gun stops bad guy but yeah. um this one is really heartbreaking
0: it was really heartbreaking because with the circumstance um so he neutralized the threat and was apparently standing over and standing near the near the threat that had been neutralized and was merely maintaining control of the situation. And when police showed up, they they immediately um, laid fire into it. They hid their videos. They hid their coverage. They would not release any of the information. They 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 released information to the public that showed um, the the original shooter. Um, but they, um, that's just really bright. Um, but they had actually, um. They came and they they shot him because they thought that he was the shooter, and so it's one of those tragic events where the good guy with the gun stopped the threat, saved lives, and then he himself were taken out Ryan Bedford, oh wait, no, nope, sorry, that was the wrong one. um What happened to the officer that shot the libertarian? I believe they're still in the force, and so i've gotta I've gotta do some following up on this and and to cover this story a little bit more with you guys and and I will try to get that pushed onto one of the other shows so we can stay out of like the current events as much as possible but i want to at least bring that up to you guys that you guys can can dive into this um so far right now all i'm finding on the quick google search is uh for some reason kyle rittenhouse which is not a little
1: but it is a good story
0: it, it is a, yes and duncan Lemp, which is the other one
1: um horrible story
0: yeah um Brianna Taylor also came up. So it's it's really interesting how libertarians have come out on these topics and I think these are important topics for us to talk about, of course, right? Brianna Taylor, where police officers were shooting blindly into a building. Um, whether you find it justified or not, whether you believe in the war on drugs or not. Um, I, I think that at the at the crux of that, right officers shooting blindly into uh into a residence into an apartment residence of all things where it can penetrate through multiple walls and shoot innocent bystanders i think that that's a gross negligence uh on those officers and there needs to be some accountability there um when we talk about i don't even want to get into the duncan limp but um yeah uh <laughs> yep
1: yeah it's it's, it's yeah it's I, a rabbit hole
0: yes yes um garrett foster was another one that recently came up with the with the idea of guns of somebody who never raised his firearm to anyone had his firearm shouldered so shouldered than the low ready so facing towards the ga- ground was shot five times in the chest and killed um during a protest uh following the george floyd situation right so what we've seen is the idea and we certainly see this from kind of the gun control crowd, if you will, and I hate putting people in these in these these generalities is that um people with guns are it's it's almost they're almost welcome to have violence around them, whether that's against them or towards other people and I think that 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 really does miss the um it really does miss the mark on on why, why we are advocates for guns. Does that make sense? Yeah. John. Um, Hurley. There we go. Yeah. John, John Hurley. Hurley. There we go. Thank you so much, Janice.
1: Yeah. There's a, you know, we talk about as Americans, we say we have a right to own firearms, but when a cop can shoot you for simply holding a firearm, do you really own, do you really have that right to have a firearm? That's the question I pose to a lot of people, because in a lot of situations, um, a cop will walk for just like if, for example, I'm sitting in my yard, cop rolls up. Allegedly, there's a domestic dispute, right? Cop rolls up. I'm holding a firearm. I turn around too quickly or not quick enough. Three rounds in my back. I'm dead just because I was holding a firearm. Nothing, no questions asked, nothing is justified. Go about your day. Um, that that, that uh, game of, uh, you know, life or death, Simon says I was played in that hotel down in Arizona uh, back in 2015. Um, there was allegedly, was it five or six cops? And there was two individuals. Neither one were currently armed. And so they made him crawl hands and knees, begging for his life down the hallway and then shot him for his troubles.
0: Yeah, Daniel Shaver um, was that was that was a terrible, terrible situation. Um, do you remember what was etched on the the officer who shot him? Um, he had something etched on the um,
1: on the on the raffle.
0: Yeah, it was something like it was some explicit right? It was something like you're gonna fucking get it, and and
1: yeah, uh, something I'm, I'm like that.
0: Blanking on it, but it's it's. But, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that's been I, I advocate against people doing that, like especially on their EDC, um, because if if you have that on your firearm and it's used in court against you, uh, it will be seen as you were looking to kill someone. But when it's an officer that does it, it's well, it was just his re- it was just his duty weapon. It's fine, it's not a big deal, it's decoration. But if it's if it's me, I shoot someone who breaks into my house, it'll be used against me as. He was looking for a reason to kill. He was bloodthirsty, but yet there's this double standard. And that's, that's a whole other conversation yeah. of, uh, you know, criminal justice reform, but, um, it, it, it breaks my heart. Cause I, I try to advocate to people that, you know, we don't have to agree with the gun legislation, but it is a life or death thing. It is. Um, you if you violate certain precepts of how the system currently works, you will end up as an outline on the ground Um and nothing will be done about it. Nope. Your wife will cry. Your kids will be upset and the cop will go home and love on his family. Yes. Or hers. Um
0: In the case of, of Daniel Shaver. So the officer who shot him after playing Simon Says after he was begging and pleading not to be shot after he listened to the commands after he did everything that was asked of him. This officer was relieved of duty, then rehired back on, and then honorably discharged and given a pension for the rest of his life for the PTSD that he had sustained from that circumstance. this is,
1: He's on the force again, by the way.
0: I thought he got off. I, he, so he got hired back on and then he left, I thought. So he was discharged and given a pension for the rest of his life. The PTSD was yeah, too and much him.
1: And then he came back uh, and he's working a desk job.
0: Oh, man. It, yeah. it, it the and and certainly I'm excited for the conversation for the day in which I get to have the conversation around qualified immunity, which is just holding um government officials and and police officers accountable through civil courts. But the idea that we can start working and advocating for instead of a two tiered system, rather than one system that is going to be equally applied to all people, right? Uh, one of the one of the firm beliefs of of the libertarian philosophy is that people are equal, right? It doesn't mean that some people are equal. It doesn't mean that some races are equal. It doesn't mean that some genders are equal. It doesn't mean some occupations are equal. It means that everybody, absolutely everybody, if you have a heartbeat, you have the same rights as everybody else. And when you violate somebody else's rights, there is a level of accountability that is absolutely mandatory if you want to have a, as as what a lot of people call, um, a civilized society. And oftentimes when we talk about gun control, um, it, it creates a tiered system um, because when when officers are able to do something that the people are not, right, and we, we miss those those parts of legislation, but also when you have the gun control and people are following the gun control, right? Law-abiding citizens are following the gun control. and And so they're no longer armed. And of course, I'm talking about like, in the UK and Australia for a bit after they tried to do their gun buyback plan, but now they've got just as many guns as they did before. But you have like countries where they've implemented like full fledged gun control where people generally don't have guns, where you see rampant uh, sexual uh, violence, right? You see rape cases, you see uh, domestic violence, you see where, where that equalizer without it, you're seeing a lot more people be victimized. And so we just advocate for the equality of giving everybody the opportunity of being able to defend themselves, their families, and everything else. Um, I think one of the other important things to talk about, of course, when we talk about gun control, right? You had mentioned earlier of how it's a, how it's a, it's a, it's a piece of legislation or an intention from legislation to advocate or to uh, encourage racism um, or it was used as a, as a tool because of racism. Because when we look in communities of color where you have gang violence that's so rampant because of different forms of economic controls in the area, and so you have gang violence and, or gang control and drug trafficking and et cetera, et cetera, you still have good people in those areas. You still have single mothers who are trying to raise their children amongst other people who don't have those same views, who don't care about the sanctity of life of others. And, and so we see victims be created all the time there. And, and I feel like as a society, we just kind of shrug it, but we need to get back to the idea that it's your life in these hands. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only gun legislation that I approve of was written in uh, 1791. Um, And it states that the, you know, you know, I'm going to, not directly quote it because uh but it it. basically says that the american (laughs) populace has the un in the inalienable right to own firearms uh with no restrictions whatsoever that's the verbatim uh conscription of the second amendment yeah um for the simple reason that you know we talked about you know should the government become a problem the the other thing that you know legislators don't talk about is those same firearms, if we had access to, you know, like a select fire Colt M4, uh, would deter enemies uh, external to the United States, um, which was evident during World War II when the Japanese yes. admiral said, "There's no way in hell I'm attacking the the, the U.S. mainland because <laughs> that's crazy."
0: There's guns um, behind every blade of grass. Like no. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's that's not a that's not a game of bingo I want to play. Yeah. Uh, But it is interesting, though, like the the people who speak most on, you know, equality, you know, true equality. You know, we've got to protect the black mother who is, you know, a single mother who lives in the bad part of town. We've got to make sure to do something to protect her. But yet they take away her basic right to self-defense by saying we're going to make firearms expensive and we're going to make it super hard to get one. And we're going to make it so insane to get good training on it that she may end up getting raped or she may end up getting murdered or X, Y, or Z, getting robbed on her way home from the job, like the third job she's worked that day because she's doing everything she can to feed for her family. And she has a high standard of ethics and some people around her, even in good neighborhoods, there's people around there that don't have a good set of morals. And these are why firearms are important. It protects us from those with a broken sense of morality. You can't legislate morality. We know this. Yep. But you know what f- kind of gives that little nudge of uh, fix your shit and find out or find out is a firearm. Yeah. Is that the, the most recognizable sound in American uh, culture is the racking of a 12-gauge slug. that? It, even if you've never owned a firearm, you know exactly what that yep. sound is because it is the most used firearm for self-defense in in American history. Yeah. Um, and it, it is, it is very important that we start pushing back on this. I've seen, I've seen a lot of Democrats here recently starting to flip on the other direction of these things. Um, they've seen that just because there are cops doesn't mean that they're going to protect you. Um, the, which we've the had last Supreme year.
0: Court opinions on that. Real quick, we've had Supreme Court opinions that that law enforcement do not have a, they they are not required to step into a situation in which their life comes at risk just to save your life. And so, I think if, the
1: word they use was obligation. There's no obligation yeah. for them to save your life.
0: Yeah, there's no obligation, and so they can they can mm-hmm. justify not stepping in if it means that their life would be at risk now that doesn't mean that every officer wouldn't right that doesn't mean that this is not a circumstance that every officer goes no no, I'm going to wait for the shooter to run out of ammunition before I go in there are plenty of officers out there that are willing to charge headfirst into an area just the same as as you know as what uh Johnny John Hurley did just the same as what Stephen Willingford did just the same as what so many Americans would be willing to do should they have a fire arm in their hands there are plenty of officers that do the problem is is that when when we create legislation we create a system or a society that says don't worry you don't need to have your own protection we have this the special people with a badge they're going to come in and protect you and then when the supreme court comes back and says there's no obligation for them to come in there's no obligation for you to be protected is what that says that's what that, that's exactly how i hear it and so if they don't have an obligation, they're going to def- make me defenseless and give me no obligation of, of protecting me. I, I can't stand by and, and sit idle as this is continuing to go on. And so I have to raise my voice and that's why, you know, I, I was so excited for this conversation, but, but anyways, continue on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> as you said at the beginning of this, this is probably one of my favorite subjects. Um, the only thing I, I love more than this in the world is my wife, but uh, nobody wants to hear me talk about her for an hour. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would, but I'm not going to because she would kill me. Um, and my next yeah, guest
0: is... I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she would definitely get phenomenal ratings, anyone who's ever seen her. Uh, but, um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's...
1: It, firearms are the one thing i can't believe that we argue about the most and it's it has provided more equality in life than anything else has um and i think and this may be arrogant of me to say but i think the less people are knowledgeable about firearms the more willing they are to give them up Yes. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who don't know anything about firearms and they will believe the AR 15 shoots a 50 caliber bullet as, at 500,000 feet per second per second um, crap. And then they'll say it's as heavy as five moving boxes. And, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, the irony is that a five, uh, uh, an AR 15 shoots around that is the 5.56. Five, um which is also very similar to a 0. .223 which is only 0. .003 uh inches smaller than a 22 long rifle but nobody's talking about banning 22s no no it's just the it's the muzzle velocity um it, that's that's all it is uh you the muzzle velocity on a 556 or a 223 is much higher than a a, a 22 long rifle but uh, I would much rather get shot with a five five six than a three oh eight or a seven six two. Uh because that dirty girl, she's hauling and she is not hitting them brakes and she's gonna catch you at the <laughs> at the corner of ouch and oh my god, where'd that come from? Yep. So
0: yeah. Plus, especially if it like hits the bone just right and tumbles through your body, like oof. But um but yeah, let's let's not get into that painful experience. Um <laughs> But I think it's also important that when we talk about this stuff, right, um, there's so many people that, you know, you and I would say that this is important not just for for protecting ourselves on an individual level, but also to protect the individual rights. Um, You know, we had Thomas Jefferson talk about, like, the idea that the society, our society, our country needs to go through multiple revolutions in order to keep government small um you have so many people out there advocating saying well you can't stop the government without your f-15s without your nuclear weapons i don't know there's somebody important in office that said that but um but the idea that when we look oh just across the ocean just across the atlantic and maybe a little past europe if we look at the tactics of what we've been fighting for the last 20 years we have not been fighting f-15s we've been not been fighting nuclear warheads we've been fighting people armed with ak-47s we've been seeing people fight with home-rigged explosives we've been seeing people fight with um with a an infrastructure that is so incredibly um underdeveloped compared to what we've been using here and we we fought for 20 years and and I'm glad to say that we we realized we didn't win in Afghanistan, but we're still fighting in in so many other areas in the in the region. That it's not a matter of what you're equipped with. Having the firearms themselves and being able to to show that restraint and have the the capability of banding with people to fight for what's right, or in in your own self preservation. I'm not going to say what they're fighting for is right, but in your own self preservation it is an equalizer even against the u.s government and so our idea with this is that we are at a disadvantage already because of the legislation that's been enacted let's not continue to give up ground and allow for atrocities that our government has already committed against our own people and of course in other countries to continue to happen and potentially slide down that slope to allow even worse to happen here
1: I'll do a quick breakdown on the the F-15 thing. Uh, I think it's the dumbest argument I've ever heard and it's so easily debunked.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, How good is an F-15 when there's no runways? How good is an F-15 when there's no fuel depots? How is it good as an F-15 when nobody's making your uh, munitions for that F-15? What they forget is, yeah, it's nice having an F-15 when you're fighting uh, ground troops. But when you don't know who's who's on your side and who's not when you're fighting guerrilla warfare, it's not phenomenal. No. Uh, when, when you, when you're looking at like a, a uniformed military, such as the the Germans in World War II, yeah, that stuff's great. You know exactly who's who, because they've got a uniform that says that they're them. But when you've got, you know, Americans walking the street and lo and behold, somebody throws a pipe bomb and blows up a fuel depot. Or somebody plants an IED in the middle of a runway and uh, destroys that runway. Um, these are infrastructure is very vulnerable. It is incredibly vulnerable. It does not take. Uh, it does not take, you know, this massive military might to destroy infrastructure. No, Americans are the ones that keep up this infrastructure. We're the ones that build the bombs. We're the ones that repair these roads. We're the ones that b- creates this fuel. So, no, it doesn't, it wouldn't take F-15. It would just take Americans being so tired of it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's, (laughs) there's so many different ways to take the fuel out of all of these arguments that have been going on, and, and it's just, oh, I, they're going to nuke the country. They're gonna nuke, right? Hiroshima and Nagasaki, part two, right? They're gonna just come and blow up an entire city because some of the, some of the, some of the peasants are revolting. Like that's not gonna happen, right? And even imagine... if they did,
1: even if they did, they create new enemies. Like most Americans, like so, the Revolutionary War was only fought by three percent of Americans at the time. Like what we would consider Americans, people that were in the United States, what we now know as the United States, it was only three percent that fought. You nuke a city, the U S government nukes, let's say, uh, lower Manhattan, right? They drop a tactical nuke in lower Manhattan. You just created millions that are going to fight against you because they're like, Oh my God, they just killed all these civilians to kill 15 dudes. Good luck winning that one.
0: Yeah. And, and, and to expand on that, I mean the number one recruitment effort in the middle East for radical groups, terrorist groups, was your family just got bombed. How do you feel? Death to America. We've yeah. known this. We've known this a Desert Storm. We've known this for for years. I mean, when you go in and you you take casualties in, in a foreign land and you kill innocent civilians who had no um ill wish against you people surrounding that who had no ill wishes against you now have a reason to change and doing that against the american people there's there's no way to really handle all of that um and that yeah you would see the recruitment numbers for any kind of a of a revolutionary group uh, just skyrocket from that
1: i mean we kill each other for fun i mean it's not making light of all the the, the the violence in the United States, but we kill each other at, at such a high rate that's not seen anywhere else in the world. Imagine if the vast majority of Americans were like, we have a unified enemy now.
0: Yeah. But the,
1: and even, even the most avant anti-gun people understand that gun mm-hmm. culture is riddled within the United States. Like It is so deep that you would have to rewrite the understanding of the American narrative that uh, it wouldn't be easy getting rid of guns. And so you're like, we're just going to go door to door and take guns from people. You think gangbangers is just going to give their stuff up? You think I'm just <laughs> going to give my stuff up? You yeah. think uh, some hillbilly living out on the side of the mountain, that's not, he's not drank water in 20 years. All he drinks is moonshine and eats corn off the ground, like deer corn. He's, he's crazy and hollow-eyed. He hasn't had a sane thought in 45 years. You think yeah. he's going to give his stuff up?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I, 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 I would be remiss without putting this out there. This is not an encouragement for people to go out and do this stuff. This is not like an advocacy of 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 taking actions into your own hands this is this is merely talking about in a hypothetical circumstance so please don't come after me legally or with law enforcement etc uh but i also want to i also want to deflate some of the conspiracy theories that we've we've seen from from our conspiracy friends and that is the idea that the government knows exactly what you're doing at every given moment um. So, Bootleg, you've been uh in the military. I'm sure that you've seen how well we could track our own troops in different <laughs> areas, and how often entire groups are lost. and And well, hopefully, we find them within a week. If we don't, uh, maybe we'll send a search there's actually, party.
1: There's actually a great article out about this, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's a great article about this today, and I seen it on my my phone. Uh the United States government does not act exactly know how many U S civilians are in Afghanistan right now. So they're trying to get a head count and uh, it just goes to show that they can't even count to 10. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> of course we should make sure that these are the people that tell us what guns we should and shouldn't have. Um, I mean, they don't know how many Americans are in Afghanistan. Cause you know, it's not like we don't have an entire department of state that handles, you know, visas and uh, you know, people movement to other nations or, you know, a freaking war zone so i mean it's, it's not like we don't have entire departments that are dedicated to, to monitoring these things and that track americans overseas um did you know that there are six nuclear warheads that the united states government has lost
0: it's only six I'm actually I, shocked it that it's so low. I'm sure that it's way higher. Like it's it's kind of like one of those things you're gonna have to find the right folia to to find out how many it is. I think six has been made public, but
1: yeah, it's probably uh. just six have been made public. It's probably closer to like a hundred and six, and like half of them are in some lieutenant's basement. He keeps them as like a collectible, and he's like, "Dude, look how awesome this is!" And one of these. There's actually, I think, one in a... They found one in a swamp in South Carolina. A plane went down, or it, it failed to detonate when it landed. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. You just look up... Um, don't look up Nuke South Carolina. Look up uh, nuclear weapon lost in South Carolina. Don't look up nuke, nuke South Carolina. You might get put on an extra watch list for that one. But, um, yeah, there's this Fast and Furious, for example... The ATF telling gun store owners, hey, let the cartels buy guns. These are awful people. Let them just buy the guns. It'll come back bad. Just let them buy it. Just figure out who it is. We'll track them later. Hey, it turns out they found, they recovered 17 firearms out of the 25,000 that they allowed to go. 25,000, but they recovered 17. That's amazing. Uh, That ROI is atrocious. It's like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's so, if that that number is even correct. So, uh, this, I guarantee so this was Russia the number enough. that I was
0: really yeah. wanted to bring. If you look at the far right number right down here, uh I think that general that you were talking oh. about that that collected them, his name is Jeff. Jeff has less than 10. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Hey Jeff, if you're watching, man, uh we can be buddies, man. Uh I remember I'm, I'm that. more responsible with my stuff than the US military. I just promised that. Yeah.
0: The source Federation of American Scientists, and this was actually was released on CNN. So I mean this is this is authentic stuff, guys. But Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff My name is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Jeff. You have you have less than ten. <laughs> hey, but he still probably has more than North Korea. So I mean he's he's doing well for himself. He's his own island nation now
0: oh he he's close to to north korea all right
1: (laughs) the only reason they put north korea in front was because they actually know who north korea is they just don't know jeff's last name
0: yeah (laughs) but as soon as you mentioned that like i i knew i had to find that meme because that meme has been around for a long time and it was actually like legitimately shared out and so being able to talk about this stuff it's 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 truly um i totally didn't didn't mean to bring you on to bring it bring up nuclear warhead but i love it though this this whole (laughs) this whole idea um at the end of the day right so we are advocates of firearm use um in the sense of use it when you need it and only need it when when you know we call it authorized use of deadly force and deadly force is a force that a person knows or should know cause causes substantial risk of bodily harm or death and should only be uh, justified in certain circumstances such as self defense or the defense of others. So if somebody's life is in risk, right, you have, you are authorized to use deadly force. And and so if your life is at risk or somebody else's, you can use that force and by using a tool such as a firearm, to be able to do this. You are protecting yourself, right? And so this is not a matter of like, I I wanted a better sale on, on this TV, and so I, I was justified, right? The, we've seen kind of like uh, the irrational people try to, try to straw man our arguments. We don't, while we advocate for people becoming informed and becoming trained with firearms and carrying firearms if they feel comfortable, right? We want you guys to everyone listening, to become comfortable with the firearm, to be able to protect yourself, should it become necessary for you to do so. Rather than to not have it and need it, we'd rather you have it and not need it. That makes sense. Oh. <clears throat> um. When Bootleg mixes gunpowder with bourbon and drinks it, he gains night vision for six hours.
1: Jack's yeah, telling all my secrets now. Um but so I want to, I do want to talk about something I've never talked about publicly. Um, so it was 2019, I believe earlier on in the year in 2019. And my wife wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, Hey, I think someone's in the house. I had actually been drinking that night. And this is, this is full admission of a felony. Um, what I did was a felony, but, uh, Damned be the laws when safety isn't. Safety, safety is more paramount. important than the laws. Yeah. yeah, safety is paramount. So I get up, I grab my firearm. Not going to say where it is, but it's easy access. Kids can't reach it. It's it's smart and hidden. Um, I run through the house, clearing every corner I can as quick as I can. Something's going down. I can hear people and I bust through the door to this basement that I'm in right now, and I see two people standing there. Two people I don't know. Hmm. So I beeline it down the stairs. They beeline it out the door. I turn and fire one shot to the crawl space because I'm at I'm at full ready. I'm like, there yeah. could be someone there. Highly doubt it. One round, it was in the corner. If they didn't get hit, they're scared shitless they ain't coming out
0: yeah
1: um i run outside and i discharged two rounds into a tree away from anything else i know the layout of the land i know exactly what's there even you know still intoxicated as i was woken up from a dead sleep knew what i hit and they never stopped they actually i think gained 20 miles an hour i think it went from like
0: uh they went to the... speed real quick
1: yeah it went from like meth head to Hussein same bolt and pop pop um <laughs> but to me that's that's a justified use of force yeah nobody was injured nobody was killed nobody was hurt um but it got my the point across real quick actually there was a sheriff's deputy living in, uh, across the street from me at the time his cruiser was in the driveway nobody ever came to the house uh, and that's that's partially because of where I, where I live and people know who I am. Uh, they all think I'm insane, but they do understand that there's a there's a certain level of uh, discretion that I use. Should something happen, um, it's only for the intent to protect myself and my family. Um, and so, I never called the police. Yeah, I didn't think it was worth. They they didn't get anything. Um, they had broken in and were looking around the mess, which is my basement. They never grabbed anything that I, that I know of. Um,
0: it's, it's been not a couple worth of years, and so if they did take something from you, clearly it doesn't matter. Maybe they helped pick us with trash for you. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and, and, and at worst, I mean, it, I, I gave one of them a heart attack probably. And hopefully, my, my hope out of all of that is that those two rounds... Scared them enough to yeah. where they change their course in life.
0: Scared straight, probably
1: yeah. not. But
0: yeah, no. I mean, the hope is the hope is is that you know, if you have warning shots like that, or if you have a circumstance where you are literally putting the fear of death into somebody, um not even having you know just those five hundred thousand to three million defensive uses and, and brandishing a weapon in some circumstances is enough to make people realize. What people are willing to do to defend their home, their property, their families, and of course themselves and and hopefully that will humanize them enough to deter them from wanting to do that ever again. I thankfully don't have any circumstances um where I was committing felonies <laughs> um but <laughs> you know we've we've definitely had noises going on i've had I've had animals that broke into um to the property and we're scurrying around and and they almost got capped but uh i i don't think that they learned <laughs> their lesson so um yeah Bambi's to... not
1: super smart
0: yeah yeah no so uh been been very fortunate of that you know we have had many circumstances where you know i've accidentally left a, a door open at the house or not open but unlocked and so when you come to the house and you go to unlock and you don't hear that click Of when you expect it to unlock and you're like oh shit you know you walk in the house and you go you keep the family you say you sit in the car keep the car running if anything happens drive away right you get the family safe and so i go in the house i first go to the kitchen grab a knife and i'm going straight to where where the where the guns are and i go straight to the guns grab a gun and then now I don't need the knife I just have the gun the the greatest equalizer there you know start shouting commands you know who's in the house who's here anyone in this house you know you're 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 letting them know that you are you are a risk to them if they do not ste- uh like step up and and announce themselves um that you're willing to defend your your family and your life um in those circumstances so this this really is the idea that we're willing to defend ourselves, defend our property by using these these firearms. Um, and it's not meant as an aggressive situation, but a matter of being able to equalize in all these situations. I know those. America is a fantastic. Um, yes. Warning shots are illegal. Many places that you are absolutely true on that. Um, it's an important distinction. They are illegal. But if you miss, you miss uh, is the way that so- I, would, I would describe it.
1: If you're in city limits, most cities actually have an ordinance against, uh, discharging a firearm. Um, so if you discharge it, you have to be intending to hit someone. If it's a warning shot, you can actually still be tried for uh negligent discharge of a firearm, as well as discharging within city limits. There's been a few cases of that. Um, but I live in the county. Uh, so it's not a thing. Uh, but the one thing I will always tell people and it, it comes back to something I said earlier, which is, I don't agree with all the laws, but you should know them. Yes. Um, it is very easy to find the laws for your County. Typically there's, there's at, at any time there's 20 databases that keep pretty good at records of current uh firearm regulation, wherever you live. Um, look it up. I mean, keep an eye on your legislation. Uh, because, as the court will tell you, um, not knowing the legislation is not a good enough excuse for not following it. They'll make laws, and you don't know about it. If you break that law, they will still try you and treat you like a criminal for not knowing it.
0: Yep, absolutely. Ignorance.
1: Ignorance is not an excuse. That's what they say.
0: Yes, ignorance is not an excuse. Um, and, and if this was a police reform discussion, we could talk about ignorance of the law and- Law enforcement enforcing laws that don't exist and not being held accountable for that but it's not a criminal justice reform <laughs> discussion or a police reform discussion but um but we've gone way overboard on on the time here as i expected <laughs> that we would as both of us are incredibly passionate about this amazing topic of being able to equalize defend people and and set people up to be successful on on being able to protect themselves their lives their families and their property Um, but, um, we're going to have to wrap it up here. So if, if bootleg, Mr. Chris, if you would like to, if you got a last, last little pitch or last little thing you want to share, um, feel free to plug your show at the end of that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I always tell people just, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, use your best judgment and play the fifth, um, get you a lawyer. Um, if you ever need to use one, um, there's good information out there Gun Owners news of america was uh, uh talked about earlier they've got a phenomenal program they have insurance that you can get for self-defense it covers more than just firearms i'm not paid by them i just really love their their programs um if you beat your husband to death because he's trying to kill you with a frying pan that insurance covers that as well my wife is now looking at me like she's thinking about beating me to death with a frying pan but uh go get goa <laughs> <laughs> yeah get goa she'll need to go get goa um but uh yeah, be smart about it um reach out to myself if you need anything. I'm on facebook uh you know bootleg libertarian um I know uh Jason would probably love to help people as well yes um re- uh find not a real libertarian podcast on facebook youtube twitch twitter uh YouTube if I didn't say that already. Um uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Places. Um, I gotta turn this light off here so I can show it to you. Uh go get you one of these bad boys. There we go. Redactus caucus. Redactus. Redacted caucus. Uh because nothing says moons out, goons out, like the official platinum card of uh Fun, (laughs) go join the the libertarian, the libertarian Pew pew caucus. Oh, geez. Uh, but yeah, uh, but in all seriousness, um, I'm on Clubhouse. Um, if you need help with figuring stuff out, I love that's my favorite thing in the world. Um, helping new gun owners with stuff, um, discretion is my pleasure. Um, you know helping people in a the most back channel way possible is um probably the best way to do it i mean <laughs> i'm not talking about like uh you know 3d printing a gun like yeah. an ar lower but yeah. i'm talking like you know some people get really worried about their friends like they may live in a more liberal area and their friends are all liberal and they're scared to that that people will find out um discretion is important with firearms a lot of times the less people know that you have them usually the better off you are so
0: and i mentioned this earlier about bootleg um mr chris himself and mr chris jesus mr chris <laughs> if you're bigger than me yes. you're mister that's that's how it is that's why i won't call him mr spike or mr matt it's just mr chris but yeah. uh yeah so chris darnell um when we talk about voluntarism when we talk about libertarianism when we talk about society taking care of its own and whether you guys are experiencing guns or or kind of new to it all um he does do he takes this voluntarism to another level and i've mentioned it earlier with him doing raffles to help out different organizations different movements different causes and and chris is one of those guys that really does um he puts a lot of effort in to helping out with others. And so if nothing else, go buy some of his raffle tickets as he's constantly having some form of a raffle going on or some kind of support thing going on out there and and just be a, just lean into the libertarian side of things to help out with that. But you also might end up with having, you know, a nice little beautiful uh, little handgun, a little shotgun action, maybe a little rifle action maybe one day coming and getting sent to your house. And so um don't be afraid to help out Chris and the causes that he's been helping out with. And I'm so incredibly excited to have him on for tonight's discussion. But um <laughs> I love you too man. But uh <laughs> but it's 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 so incredibly important this topic. And so I'm sure that we will have a thousand more conversations. I'm sure I'll get Chris back on to talk about them more in the future as well. But um but I want to thank you guys all for for tuning in and of course I didn't say this in the beginning if you guys are on facebook if you guys are on youtube if you guys are on twitch if you guys are on um float if you're on twitter wherever it is that you guys are watching this live i want to thank you guys so much for for being a part of this if you guys are catching this in the podcast form love you so much you can of course find us on acre fm and all of your favorite podcast apps if you guys are just hopping into the end of this stream live make sure you guys go back and check out the podcast see the whole thing through and vice versa. If you're listening to this, go watch it live. get to see Chris Darnell's beautiful face. You get to watch him blow a couple clouds. But but you get to see chat's um, additions as well, and I promise you they're chat is is so much better than i am at, at having these good conversations uh but with that guys i hope you guys have a great night and if you guys are up for more good libertarian uh content you guys can always go over to the cajun libertarian on facebook or on youtube and he's got his stream coming up in about a minute approximately i don't know if he's got hit with the muddy waters of media curse uh in which he will be starting up late just like what we did tonight but with that, I must bid you guys all adieu. I love you all. Appreciate you all. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good fight. And I will, me and Chris, will see you guys on another day and another night. Make sure you guys are staying tuned for the rest of the week. Tuesday night, Muddy Wars of Freedom with my, Matt and Spike. Wednesday with Spike. Thursday with Matt. And of course, Cajun and Eskimo potentially on Friday. You guys have a great one. I'll catch you guys soon. Love you all. See you soon.